Where does sin begin? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Brian Dombozik, Managing Editor of The Gospel Project, and with me is Aaron Armstrong, our brand manager. So today we get to talk about idolatry. Isn't that fun? It is, which already takes me to the Brady Bunch episode where they went to Hawaii. Did you ever see that one? Uh, Were you a Brady Bunch guy? No. Yeah, I watched it as a kid. So there's one episode where they go to Hawaii and he finds a little tiki idol. Oh, okay. And bad things has happened to the family. Mm. That's just how my mind works. I'm just immediately going there. But let's try to elevate the discussion from there. Well, I mean, you've set the bar pretty low, so I well have. done. So I mean, it can only go up for. from here. I'm here for that, so I'm going right. to make you look great because you're going to read the essential doctrine and sound really smart and doctrinally sound compared to my Brady Bunch. Well, comment. you know, I did I did make a Coke versus Pepsi in our last doctrine discussion. You so did. anyway. So we need to put a, a Facebook poll or something out there, which was <laughs> which was more asinine, your Coke versus Pepsi or my Brady Bunch tiki idol. I'm still going with Brady Bunch on that. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Let so. the voters decide. <laughs> no. I control the page. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, here is our – here's how we describe the, this, this doctrine, sin as idolatry. Um, sin is not only a physical act of rebellion against God, uh, such as lying or stealing, but it's also a matter of the heart. The physical displays of sin are the fruit of what has been birthed in the heart of a person. Um, in Scripture, idolatry usually refers to bowing down to a statue made of wood or gold, worshiping created things instead of the Creator. But idolatry takes on a more on more subtle forms. Um, it's a seeking of approval, security, power, pleasure, etc. We can diagnose the idolatry of our hearts by examining the areas where the desires of our hearts have turned into idolatrous demands. So very. Um, there's a lot of stuff there, yeah. but here is the short version of that. Let's simplify that down to, um, say, a couple of short sentences. Ultimately, what we're what we're saying is that sin, sin simply isn't a matter of behavior. Um, it is a matter of our desires, or or practically of our worship. And so, in that sense, it's saying that that sin, all sin, starts in the heart and is a heart matter. Yeah. So it's interesting because I think a lot of people hearing this essential doctrine or reading it from from the version online or watching yeah. your your ninety nine and ninety nine video mm-hmm. might be surprised that they would expect us to say, "Well, idolatry is worshiping a little statue." Right. And that's part of we're going to talk about where you see this in scripture in a minute. But what's important is what is even undergirding that. It wasn't the physical act that was as deeply problematic as the heart posture behind it that led to that sinful act of Israel bowing down to statues and so literal statues and so forth. Yes. And I think that's important because it gets to the essence of sin, Mm -hmm. uh, but also it keeps this from being a doctrine that we think is no longer for today because, again, as we are common to say, we no longer bow down to little statues. Except for when we do. Except for when we do in a different form. Mm-hmm. But this is this is one where it's tempting to kind of look at a them, you know, perspective. Oh, this was oh, absolutely. a problem for them back then. Yeah, but not for us. But not for we're us. fine. So, but when we see the heart behind it that you read in the doctrine, we're going to talk about more, 
man, this it, then it smacks us in the face. Right, right, and and we do see and we do see this as the the emphasis in Scripture. Um, yeah. I mean, it doesn't get any clearer than Jesus Himself saying in Matthew fifteen, uh, "What comes out of the mouth comes from the heart." Yeah, and it's the first place we wanted to kind of show where yeah. this doctrine's in Scripture, Matthew fifteen yeah. ten through twenty. Um, and that is following where the uh, the Pharisees and scribes give Jesus grief uh, by saying, "Hey, why do you let your disciples, you know, eat without washing their hands ceremonially?" Yeah. First, um, and their argument is they're they're eating they're eating unclean food because they haven't done the you know followed the traditions. Yeah, exactly. And so Jesus there, first of all, he deals with them and, and their hard-heartedness of saying, why are you so worried about the traditions? You don't even worry about God's law as much. Yeah. Uh, mentions Corbin, how they had this practice of of dedicating things for the temple, but they could still use it, but they could not give it to, like, needy parents. So he says, hey, you're violating the commandments. You don't care for your parents. Yeah. Because of Corbin, you're lifting up tradition. And then this follows that. He turns to the crowd, I believe. And he starts explaining that, hey, it's not what goes in, it's, it's what comes out. And where is that sourced? What comes out is sourced from the heart. Yeah. So that's the big takeaway there. Yeah. And and even then in the account, his disciples are still confused yeah. by it. And, and I mean, it's pretty clear what he's saying when you read it. And they're like, well, what do you mean by that? I think they got Which, tripped up in the literal nature when he was saying, hey, what goes in the mouth comes out in a yes. different way. <laughs> yes. I think they were like, are you Wait a minute. What are are you, you saying what I think you're saying? What are you saying? Is this potty humor, Jesus? Exactly. Exactly. And um, yeah. So there's a whole nother. There's a whole nother. Man, there's a doctrine that we haven't. We we have not included in our 99 essentials. What is humor? Humor. There. Yeah, humor. That's a good one. God's God's sense of humor. <laughs> um, anyway, um, but another place that we we see this po- this doctrine pointed to in Scripture really is is in James chapter four verses one and two, where uh, where James is talking about really that our desires being this the source of of wars really, yeah. and and that's an impo- that's an important thing is is like what we want creates like not just external wars in the world, but also within ourselves. We we find that we're at war. We have competing desires, yeah. and so yeah. they are battling against one another. And that is a that's a that's an important thing for us to remember. Is is that that is the wrestle of what ultimately do we care most about? What ultimately yeah. do we worship? Yeah, and I think one other place in the New Testament before we look at some of this in the Old Testament with idolatry proper, for lack of a better word, what most people think of um, back in Matthew Matthew five Sermon mm-hmm. on the Mount. Where Jesus, uh, he, he says, hey, you've heard it said, and he quotes a law. So the first one, you shall not kill or murder. And he says, but I say, don't hate. And uh, he mm-hmm. does it with ad- adult adultery and lust as well. And both those times you see him moving from actions of the hand, the, the manifestation of sin, to the heart behind it. Right. He's saying, hey, the, the battle here is won and lost in the heart long before murder occurs, long before I, adultery occurs. Yeah. It happens in the heart. If your heart is right, uh, if our hearts have been changed by the gospel, if, we, if we're yielded to, to Christ in our hearts, then it's really hard to murder somebody, for example. Yeah. So that's another one. But we also see this again when we think of it mostly in the Old Testament. Of course, this runs throughout Old Testament. Mm-hmm. You see idolatry over and over again. Yes. Um, you see God's people not just stumble 
into it. They run toward it right. at times. Right, and they're warned against it. Um, over and over Over again. and over and over again. I mean, you see that in Leviticus 19.4 is a warning against it. But then you see in 2 Kings 21.21, you have um, uh, King Amon, who is uh, Manasseh's son. And it says that he walked in all the ways of his father, who was an idolater. He worshipped false gods. Um, and he served the idols his father had served, and he bowed down in worship to them. Um, and that pattern continues all throughout Scripture. Um, and Paul really um, brilliantly summarizes this um, in Romans 1, um, where he says, um, prior to this, he says um, that um, all humanity has suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. And so in 25, verse 25 of chapter 1, he says, They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served what had been created instead of the Creator, who is Amen. praised forever. Amen. Yeah, I, I love the couple passages, one in Isaiah and one in Acts. I can't remember the specific mm-hmm. chapter references, but where both places the, the folly of idolatry is 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 pointed out, you know, right. hey, these are, yeah, somebody cuts down a tree and with part of it, they make, you know, a chair or whatever to sit on. And then the other part, they make a, an idol, a God that they worship. Yeah. This is silly, you know. Oh, and, yeah. And it, it just, it's so powerful how God intended for us to see the foolishness, the, yeah. the like, the stupidity, honestly. Well, and that's the thing is, again, if we keep this at arm's length and think, yeah, it is silly to worship a wooden statue, mm-hmm. we still you know, can feel okay with ourselves. Sure. But when we carry that over to, wait a minute, this is what I do. Right. I, I, I have idols. I have gods. Um, you know, yep. my, my bank account could can, be one. Can be one. And how silly of me right. to put and, trust in that. And, I mean, you know, you think about um, – and I mean, I want to be sensitive in in how in how I say this, but when you when you think about um, addiction, yeah. Um, so an alcoholic is um, like it's a very complicated thing. Um, alcoholism, substance abuse problems, all of these things. Ultimately, what they come down to though is is they do come down to a heart issue. Um, they, it's like you're a worshiper of not necessarily alcohol, but the feeling you get from it or the thing that you're trying to mask yeah. from in, indulging in it. The same is true of workaholics. Yes. You worship your job. And and I know yeah. that that's, that's actually something that, you know, in, you know, careful transparency here. I mean, that's, that is a temptation for me yeah. because I, I'm good at what I do. I'm good at working. I work a lot, um, but it can and it can very easily take over all of life. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm doing some reading on consumerism, mm-hmm. um, and and this is the big appeal of consumer. And by consumerism, I, I mean the the overboard focus on material goods and yes. so forth. What really is is a really insidious part of our culture, the Western yeah. culture. And one of the things about consumerism is not just the items that are longed after it's actually the need to need yes um that that and it kind of says what you're saying there's this yearning this never satisfying yearning within us and many people it's the it's the thrill of looking for something new and actually making the purchase and then Mm -hmm. as soon as the purchase is made they satisfaction starts low it peaks when they get comfortable with it and then it drops yeah 
And then guess where you're at? You're back at the same point of this need to need. Yeah. So that is the uh, the most dangerous part of consumerism. It's you were looking for satisfaction. We're looking for longing. We're looking to fill this ache. We're looking for value, meaning, identity, all these things, mm-hmm. not just in goods, but in this feeling connected yes. with it. Right. It's I mean, you know, on a biological from a on a biological from a biological perspective, it's the dopamine hit. Yeah. You're addicted. You're addicted to the the hormone that is yep. dropped into your bloodstream. So I mean, <laughs> if we take a step back from this, and and I'm guilty mm-hmm. of this as well. Mm-hmm. So I, this is something that affects all of us to, to a degree. But when we take a step back and think, wait a minute, how silly! I know that things are. I know that new phone that everybody wants that there are people online for is going to be meaningless mm-hmm. in even a year or yeah. so with how things are developing today. And yet I'm going to get in line knowing this yep. and go through this cycle. How silly. Oh, it's ridiculous. What, that to me illustrates idolatry. Yeah. And the events that, that are put on air. I mean, I, I have an iPhone. Apple has an annual event where they unleash their their new phones mm-hmm. into the world and conveniently slow down um, their their older phones um, just prior to that event. <laughs> See, that video is blocked on my Android. There you go. There you go. I'm happy with my Android that I've had for several years. My son asked me when I'm making a new phone. I'm like, well, when this one, when that one breaks, when it breaks, yeah, that's the well, answer. And I mean, that's that's the but that's the approach that we try to take with with our phones as well. Um, and but it but it gets tempting yep. when it's like oh this one looks really cool yeah, there you and it's go. like it does so, look really cool and let me pause here to say let mm-hmm. me be clear in case somebody is is listening and and is starting to get a little mm-hmm. bit upset with us I I am not saying and I know you're not saying this either oh no, gosh no there is nothing wrong with desiring a new phone or having possession there's no. nothing at all wrong with that God gives us these things as good gifts mm-hmm. but we must steward them well and we have to be careful about turning to them. Or the the process of acquiring them, that excitement, we have to be careful of that replacing our love for God, the satisfaction we get in Him alone, the joy we get in Him alone. That's where we have to be careful. Yes, I just wanted to say that. Absolutely, let somebody mis- misunderstand. Right. Um, ideologies are also another example of yeah. of the idolatries that we carry. So really. Um, I would uh, the blanket advice that I would have there is is basically just be mindful of any ism. Mm-hmm. So moralism, feminism, um, certain like undefined conservatism, um, hairism, you know, hairism, baldism, <laughs> um, Canadianism, Americanism, <laughs> whatever you want to, whatever you want to do. <laughs> that was um, a good one, eh? <laughs> you know, eh, I uh, I do my best. So, um, sorry guys, I slipped into my accent. But anyway, <laughs> um, these are the things that we need to be mindful of, and yeah. and that we do need to be cautious about when we're understanding this doctrine. Um, this that's true. It seems really simple on the surface, and when we when we just try to make it about worshiping an worshiping a statue. Um, like when we think about um, when we th- when or when we think about the you know about Hinduism or um, we see the you know the the happy Buddha statues and and things like this or um, you know various elements on on TV shows and movies and in books and things like this um, that's an attempt for us to simplify this down yeah. to uh, this this very complex doctrine. 
Um, well, and, and I think I think a good word there, and this is something I have to consider as well, is is what adjective would you use to describe yourself first and foremost? Right. I mean, if you if you had to lay your heart bare before somebody, in all honesty, I think if you know that, you would give the answer you're expected to give. Well, I'm, you know, I'm a believer. Right. It's like, but no, that's a lot of times you should give. Yeah. That's when, <laughs> but a lot of times, if we're honest, it's like, oh no, I'm an American, or I'm a conservative, or I'm a whatever. Right. And when that happens, then that could be indicating an idol in your life because that has primary position. Right. So I think that's a good kind of gut check right. for us to do. And, so, it, and it happens on the, on the same time. There's a lot of, like, we want to be careful here. Again, we're not accusing people who are, oh, yeah. who love their nation, who exactly. feel strongly political ab- party about their fine. political convictions. Yes and amen. You should, you should just, have opinions on those things. Just keep them subordinate. To the gospel. Correct. Correct. So we've already kind of alluded to this is not in one of our official um, cautions with this doctrine. Yeah. But we already have kind of hit on this bigger caution of understanding it properly. Yeah. What other cautions might we have with this one? Well, I mean, I think it's really an under- important for us to understand that um, and ultimately is to not minimize this. Um, mm-hmm. And so – so understand it properly yeah. and not minimize it. Right. Yeah. So we we need to be careful to not minimize the reality that sin does play out in our actions um, at the same time as we are trying to not minimize it to simply our actions. Um, what we do is the fruit of what, what we love, ultimately, yeah. um, and what's going on in our hearts. This doctrine points us to the root issue of sin um really it's it's the starting point yeah. of it yeah. um and this is and, and and i mean this is why i mean you can this is why the 10 commandments for example it starts with the issue of worship yeah you'll worship me you it says i am the lord your god which pausing right there Pause. <laughs> we have to keep that in mind that's not just hey let's just throw it out away right that is really giving the foundation for all that follows right it's saying hey because i am who i am but also because of the relationship i have with you because of what i've done mhm now consider these words that are right exactly you will have you um you will wor- have no other gods before me you will not worship and serve idols yeah like that's a big deal. Like those first two make or break everything else. Every yep. other commandment is ultimately an, a, a, a worship issue. Yes. Yeah. So that's a good word that that the caution is is not to keep this compartmentalized. And I think we can kind of transition now to what difference should yeah, this doctrine totally. make. And uh, I, I would just go back to to restate that in a different way for this because I think the difference this doctrine makes is it it should. It should require us, and and we should want to do this, to push beyond the surface of our sin and deal just with the surface. And what I mean by that is, okay, so I'm going to drive home in a little while. It's There's going to be traffic. I'm going to get mad with somebody. I'm going to get mad because somebody's going to be driving slow in front of me, and and I'm going to I'm gonna sin in my heart against that person. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to just stop and say, yeah, it was wrong of me to get frustrated and just deal with the surface, the the fruit of the sin, yeah. if you will. 
this doctrine reminds me, you know, there's something underneath. And in this case, I would argue it's, it's this idolatry of myself. Yeah. That the sin is that I worship myself in that moment because I think I'm too important. My time is more important. Why are you in my way? Mm-hmm. So this doctrine forces us to push more deeply and really consider things, really do a heart analysis mm-hmm. um, and see, wait a minute, what is really going on here? I, we try to do this with kids, right? Yeah. As a parent, um, when when one of my kids does something wrong, I want to get underneath and say, well, why did you do that? Yeah. Not just, hey, you shouldn't do X, Y, Z. Let's, let's get the externals in order. Yeah, I exactly. want to get to the internal. So so this doctrine is helpful because it reminds us to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, if sin starts in the heart, we need more than behavior modification to change yeah. anything. Yeah. We need the gospel. And that's what and that's what God provides us. Yeah. Is he gives us Jesus. He gives us the one who takes away our sin, uh-huh. who um, gives us new hearts that want to worship him. We can't minimize that. We can't overlook that. We have to sit in that, and we have to and we worship our way out of sin. We don't. We don't simply behave differently. Yeah, this to me, I just was thinking this. This doctrine makes my life relate to the Old Testament more. And what I mean by that is, when we read the Old Testament, we should read it with this ache, uh, because man, humanity is messed up. Mm-hmm. over and over again, just get deeper and deeper. And there should be this sigh, this exasperation, this feeling of dread of, man, wh- where's the relief? Mm-hmm. Well, this doctrine reminds me my heart is like that apart from the gospel. Um, you know, I, I, I need to better and more often appreciate my desperate need for the gospel. And if it were not for... Christ and his work on the cross and and the Holy Spirit's continuing work in and through me, woe would be me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think All that's right. a good place for us yeah. to wrap this. Let's wrap it up there. Good conversation. Thank yeah. you for uh, talking about the idolatry, and uh, we will watch that Brady Bunch episode later. So for those of you listening, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.